Hey, welcome everybody. It's time for our weekly conversation we call Meet Our Community. It's the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California with the man who is always streaming himself. I don't know what that means, but John Gutierrez. <laughs> check, check. One, two, three. <laughs> That's right. Here we are again, folks. Welcome to our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Senior Vice President here at the Chamber, John Gutierrez. And of course, we have another great guest with us. As you all know, here at the Chamber, we're all about supporting and helping our business owners in the community. And today we have with us Christopher Rivera, who is the owner, winemaker of Seis Soles Wine Company. Seis Soles is the sixth son, represents the growth of our generation's culture and values. Welcome, Chris, to the show. Thank you very much, John. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, let's start off, Chris. I know we always talk before the show. We really want to share your story as far as Tell us a little bit about you and your family, because I know it has a lot to do, obviously, with the wine. And as everybody can see here on the show, if you're not watching the show, if you're just listening to us, we have all the four, five wines here with us. We have five wines, right? That's correct. And uh, we'll go into, of course, these delicious wines, which, by the way, we, we've tried. I've tried. My family's tried. My wife has tried them. Our, our people from our events have tried them, and they're just delicious wines. But let's go a little bit into you, Chris, and how you end up in this in this industry. And of course, tell us a little bit about your family and yourself. Sure, sure. Um, my path to wine is very unconventional, um, but you know, it really starts with my parents being from Michoacan, Mexico. Um, my mom. Wait, 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 wait. You said Michoacan, Mexico. Yeah. By the way, that's not Michigan, Paul Roberts, because I know you're from <laughs> Michigan. But when I was in college, I would tell people. When they would say, where are you from? Because my mom's from yeah. Michoacan. Yeah. I would be like, I'm from Michigan. Yeah. And they would be like, really? You're from Michigan? I'm like, well, no, not really. It's called Michoacan. The Mexican-Michigan, right. So we're right. paisanos. That's right, right. More carnitas <laughs> than anything there. But it's interesting that, you know, like a lot of people from that area, immigrated to California, uh, started working. They became naturalized citizens. So it's a dynamic that's kind of I grew up with. You know, I grew up teaching them answers to uh, for their citizenship test and everything. Really? And, uh, yeah, but, you know, they're very much um, have been hardworking all their lives, but they were, always have worked in, like, labor. My dad had always worked in uh, almond orchards. He was always, like, the head guy's right-hand man, you know? So I grew up in a really interesting area where Mexican parents and then really agricultural. But for the most part, what I saw is that we were all laborers. Um, and my mom would make work in t- tomato plants. So that... As I grew up, just kind of what it was instilled in me was like a work ethic and being on time and being a man of your word. And Which then, is hard work, right? Sure, it, it is. And, and you don't really come to appreciate what that will do for you eventually. You know, just being a good person in general, how that will pay dividends down the road. My dad was just kind of a hard-nosed Mexican dude. Um, you know, he's funny, but... And my mom was kind of like head in the sky, kind of always dreaming about things and very intelligent and, and very nurturing. So I got the best of both worlds, you know, and no one in my family is in the wine industry where we have no connection to it, except that, you know, eventually when I was in college, uh, my first foray into wine was two buck chuck and we'd buy $24 worth of, of wine and pour it all over our faces and, <laughs> and pretend we were students. And, um, but not so later on. Um, but that was your first time experiencing drinking wine? Even 
tasting it. Yeah, in college. In college. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because um, growing up, vino to us was like a, maybe like um, a brandy or yes. a, a liquor. Yes. So I never knew vino. Um, and then high school, obviously, I saw it, but you know, we weren't drinking that. But I knew of it. The only vino I knew growing up was the one they would give us at church. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the sacramento. Yeah. Yes, I would watch the priest y el vino y el pan and yeah, yeah. and would be like, what is that, right? Because you're right in the Mexican community. We didn't really drink wine, right? It was more like you said, yeah. brandy, right? And things like that, or, or tequila, right? Sure, sure. Maybe there was a little bit of rum or anything would come through. But, um, you know, I, I never got the hostia. I guess I was always sitting too much, so I never got to go. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, um, you know, I got an appreciation after it just because I wanted to become a physical therapist. I went to school for that. And then you got to get your doctorate to become a physical therapist. A PT. Yeah, so I took an entry-level job at a winery in town, a small little winery if people have heard of it, called E&J Gallo. Yes, uh, big based, company. Based out of Modesto, that's right. Huge, biggest wine company in the world, I think. Is that uh, what it is? Yeah, it's the biggest one in the yeah, world? Yeah, yeah, it's the biggest in the world. Wow. If not, at least the biggest family Ernest owned. Ernest and Gallo, right? Is that the name Ernest of it? Ernest and Julio uh, uh, Gallo. And Gallo, okay. Yeah, and so now it's like their third, fourth generations of like children that have taken over it's an amazing company i worked there for a long time um, so you learned a lot there yeah and i'm not paying like lip service to them it's my love for what they were doing started when i was a kid and i was in the arts and we would go and try to raise money and perform and try to pump money into the arts that was always being cut you know there's a the big art installation there in modesto there's a big theater all part of the gallo family had been part of that right so when i was at gallo what i learned was just uh a lot of uh, interesting things when it comes to like being able to execute work timely. So I didn't learn winemaking there, but I learned a lot of skills when it came to be a good laborer and making sure that a big projects can be happening uh, individually. So right there, I was compartmentalized. I learned a couple things, but really I was just adding what they told me to something they told me to add it to. I didn't know anything, but it piqued my interest. And so I decided to think that wine might be something I'm interested in. So I was gaining the like the management track there you know i was moving up quick they're like hey you should be a supervisor you should be a this you should be that and i thought well is that what i want to do or do i want to see what wine can do for me so i went over to lodi i took an entry-level job at a small winery and worked my way up and while i was working there went to davis and did the winemaking program and so while i'm making wine and working with people i worked up from being a just dragging hoses to seasonal worker to full-time lab assistant winemaker and now i own my own brand there's a lot to this whole world of wine. Right. I think there's different layers that people don't see of, I guess you could say, from an operation standpoint. Because right. you just mentioned a lot of different layers. Sure. People just, you know, they go to a restaurant, they see the wine, right? They open a bottle and they enjoy it. But they don't realize how much goes into putting this product together. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like that bottle you just touched is a 2019 blend of four different vineyards. So those four different vineyards at some point have been planted and grown and every year they're taken care of. That means people have to physically go out there and manicure the vines and add their separate things at certain times at certain times of the year. So it's a it's a huge amount of work that goes into this before you even pick the grapes, right? Picking the grapes is something people can, can, can picture in their mind, and that's a big show. Um, but all the work that comes into just kind of nurturing these vines and grapes all the way to the point that you pick it at the exact moment that you want to, uh, that's a whole thing. And let alone, you have to take it from there and then ferment and process and age and bottle. So, I mean, uh, when I pour these wines, sometimes people are like, oh, what do you got? You know, they'll see me two, two months later. Like, what's new? I'm like, man, the, the, some of these wines take three, four, five years to produce 
and having it in your hands, like I can't have a new bottle every two months, you know? Um, wow. But it is that layered. And I think a lot of people can understand that when it comes to other industries. Wine, we always romanticize just the end part of it that we don't ever think about like, dang, how long far down the road did this have to start? Let's talk about Seis Soles, which is of course your brand, your product that you started. Right. Correct? Correct. I gotta tell you, this one here, I love the face of it. Yeah. I just love the way it looks. Let's share with everybody, let's share with them the logo, the story behind it. Can you share a little bit of the history of yeah. why you named it Say Soles? I yeah. know the history, but right. I'd love to share it with everybody else. No, of course, of course. Um, you know, it's interesting because like several years ago when I was working in winers, I remember thinking like, okay, this is my track. I'm going to be a winemaker and I'll do it for people. I never wanted to start my own brand. But what the impetus for it was that I went out with a couple group of other folks that I've known in the industry or just guys that were laborers with me that um, we were all Mexicanos and we go wine tasting and you would get a, a certain different experience. They would be kind of dismissive. Folks wouldn't like answer your questions. They'd assume you like certain wines. And I thought that's weird because, you know, I don't walk in anywhere and ever say like, I'm a winemaker. I work this and that. So I thought, well, if Latinos are not having a great experience just for these subtle little instances, why would they bring their friends and family? So maybe there's a need for a Latino brand. Right. And so that's what Say Sola started with. I started with the idea that I wanted to make wine that is flavored um, and, and crafted for Latino palate. And, and especially that means because a lot of Latinos are new to wine drinking. Now, here in Orange County, that's not always the case. But in other areas, people are very new. So I decided to make that. And I thought, well, what are we going to name it? That's really important. And what is it going to look like? That's even the most important, really. And so workshopping some names around with a bunch of people, uh, the idea of as a Chicano, I always liked Aztec imagery pre-Columbian imagery, and so Seis Soles translates to six suns, like the suns in the sky, so mm -hmm. it plays off the Aztec creation myth, where they thought they were the chosen people of the fifth sun god, and now my interpretation is us as descendants, now the next generation, in a sense, live under the sixth sun, um, and now we're interpreting what that means to us. I mean, here in Orange County, is probably the biggest definition of what I see is that we're growing in political power, purchasing power, we're a big part of the community, we influence the community, and we're, uh, I wanted to celebrate that in my own way, and, and the wine is that way. Well, I love you say, you said community there maybe four or five times, which obviously our show is our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, and, and one of the things that I love that you're doing, and we're going to get into the wines more here shortly, but one of the things that I love, and I wanted to have you on the show, one is because you're a young entrepreneur, right? You're a new business that is trying to grow, and I see you everywhere. I mean, you're you're at events across the state, right? right you're right. up north and middle California and south, and you're just... I mean, you're on the road. You're pounding the pavement. You're yeah. trying to build a brand, right? Yeah. And that says a lot about you, man. You're, you're just, you're driven. And that says, what is that like for you? I mean, being on the road, bringing the brand, it's tough as an entrepreneur. It is, it is. And I think I'm, I'm learning. And what I knew, what, you know, I always knew it was going to be like, I was going to take my lumps and learn stuff. But if I just try to stay back in Lodi and hope that people would feed me information, the right answers, I found that that wasn't the way to go and it wasn't really going to come. I just knew that I had to throw, my, throw myself out there and figure it out on my own, right? So in Northern California, big wine regions, if you ask them, you know, how do you figure out LA? How do you figure out Southern California? Really, at the at that point, you just got to go figure out for yourself. So all I know is how to do this kind of thing. I'm I'm naturally just driven to be like more of a laborer. I'm I'm a grunt force worker. I can carry stuff like, and so I'm taking those kind of aspects and applying it to what I think I can do now. I'm learning where there are ways I could have been way smarter about this, you know, and other way. And that's awesome that like okay, I can implement that and then maybe pass it down to the next generation that's gonna try to come up because those answers weren't there for me, but I'm gonna have it for other folks, you know. Well, by the fact that you're out there and that you're knocking on doors, right, and you're going to restaurants or businesses, 
That's how I met you. Yeah. I met you at Villa Roma, who's yeah. one of our members of our chamber, right? Teresa and Leo and Daniel there who runs the, the, the restaurant with Teresa and Leo. And Daniel said to me, I got this great wine. You got to meet them and you got to try them out. And that's that's how I, I like honestly, I appreciated the fact that you were out hustling and yeah. presenting the brand. And so kudos to you. And I know that you've been involved in a lot of our fundraisers with Northgate, Chalk Hospital. I mean, you you're you're always out there trying to also give back and support the community, which by the way, thank you so much for doing that. No, and you know what? Thank you for the opportunities because I think what I'm doing is latching the people that have a lot of energy and a lot of drive and focus because I think I, I have energy and drive. I don't necessarily have focus right now. So when I see people like you that are so heavily invested in their communities and doing things, I'm like, I can support that. I wouldn't be able to tell you if you tell me, hey, Chris, how do you best want to support these local communities? I'm like, you know what? I just got to find who's doing work and I'm going to support them, you know? Um, so I appreciate people like you and, and other folks I've met. Uh, there's, uh, I just want to shout out for like uh, Johnny Garcia up in the uh, Central Valley Hispanic Chamber. Nice. Uh, another amazing guy that's just completely selfish. You guys are so similar to me in that like you can tell you're doing this because you care. And I like those kind of people, and so I like to put myself in in, in their in their circle, in their ambiance, you know? But that's good. I think it's important that anybody's listening or watching that you understand that, you know, it's not just, hey, there's a bottle of wine there, um, and that's it. No, there's a story behind this. There's, there's a history behind this. Your parents grew up working really hard in the labor world. You learned how to work hard in that labor world. Now you've taken those roots and now you've started your own brand, your own business, right? And I think it's important that people watching or, you know, just listening to us say Soles is a wine we need to go out and support because it's part of our community. You're, you're always giving back. And, and let's just really briefly, can you share, because I mean, I know about wine because sure. I've been around in my whole life. Sure. Let's share with people listening that maybe have never tasted wine or know about wine, yeah. the differences between uh, every bottle, right? So you sure. go ahead. Yeah. So the way I like to present it usually is because once again the focus of say Solis is bringing a lot of new wine drinkers to the community, uh, specifically Latinos, but everybody, right? So when you first start out drinking something, do you like the most like sophisticated version of it, or do you like something that's really palatable and easy to drink? That's my whole focus. So the first wine is a rosé of Grenache and Mavet. So traditional rosé grapes, and I do all the kind of traditional fermenting, uh, but I just stopped the fermentation a little short. So there's some residual sugar, and that makes it soft, really approachable, and that's the, for the folks that are getting into wine. You know, and then there's like one brand out there that I won't name, but that like does speak to Latinos. Mm -hmm. And I think they've done a good job of like of getting that market. Yes. But um, I'm trying to give a version to those Latinos. It's like, look, this is a traditional version made by a Mexicano. If you are into that, this is what's available, right? And rosé is very popular in the summertime, if I'm correct, right? Like, yeah, you know, love rosé, right? You know, and there's so many different versions of rosé. All these wines are kind of like popular at different times for different folks yes but you know really palatable so if you have folks in your family that are wine curious but don't really have had a, maybe a bitter experience this is where i start with right but then um for folks that want a little drier experience because they've been drinking wine for a while i have a white blend grenache blanc and albarino mm. not traditionally blended together those two grapes originate in different countries but here i had a lot of fun with it because it creates a really fruit forward experience with some medium acid so for the folks that like a little more of a serious wine then we start edging that way right is that similar to a chardonnay or a little bit more like a savvy Blanc? It would be like those two grapes if they hadn't touched any oak. So like okay. a fruit forward Sauvignon Blanc, a fruit forward Chardonnay okay. that hasn't touched any oak. So it's very much a California fruit driven wine as opposed to maybe like a Sauvignon Blanc in New Zealand that's grassy or lemongrass, all that. So it has a very unique flavors. But yeah, it could be like those grapes that were grown in California that haven't touched any oak. And for those of you not watching the show but listening to the show, 
those first two wines are white wines that we just talked about. The, the rosé and then the other one that's a blend, right? Yeah, yeah. And those are made in a similar way in the fact that we're hand-picking these grapes because we, we want really delicate flavors. And then we um, process them that way. So where I the point that I extract the juice at the very last moment and don't press too hard so that they get really floral, fruity components, and but there's still not, there's not like a bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. And then as opposed to the reds, when we start getting to where we want to extract a lot of those flavors, right? So the next one, as people learn with the brand, so you can either enter at different levels here, or if you grow with, say, Solis, you start with rosé, maybe you start moving to something drier, then you're ready for a red. The first red I have is Syrah and Cabernet. Syrah. Yeah, it's a blend of Syrah and Cabernet. I like to make blends because they give me a lot of freedom to just kind of make whatever style that I'm going for as opposed to, because a lot of Latinos and actually a lot of people in general don't know grape varieties, but, you know, they want to be able to say something. So everyone comes up and says, I like Cabin Pinot, Cabin Pinot. Yes. So do people always really like that or is that just the most common and we just want to feel like we're part of the club and we know what we're talking more about? Smart, it's just most marketable or something, I guess. It's part of it, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so I tell people, hey, man, we're going to avoid worrying about exactly the name of the grapes on the front. I'm going to tell you what the grapes are because I want you to learn what you do and don't like. So the Syrah and Cabernet, I point out that, you know, the Syrah is actually more of like earth-driven mushroom, um, but a lot of mid-body. And then the Cabernet has a good base. It's drier, but it has a lot of fruit on there. Mm. And so when I put those two together, those two components start coming through and people are like, aha, I get you. Uh, I think I'm tasting the Syrah on this one component. I'm tasting the Cab in this component. And that's what Cezola is about, that aha moment where you're like, I get what you're saying. So I'm very much trying to use this as a vehicle to like educate people on what it could be because like everybody's like, well, I like cabs. Well, if you take a cab from Northern Coast or Central Valley to Temecula, those are going to be completely different wines. Like, why do you pigeonhole yourself to one grape? And for people listening, when he said, I took a cab from so-and-so to so-and-so, he's not talking about a vehicle. We're talking about a Cabernet. Because right. remember, not everybody knows the word cab from a Cabernet. Thank you for pointing that out, 100%. <laughs> you're a wine, like, yeah, you're yeah. a wine talker, so you, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that easily comes to you. 100%. Like people like, are that. like, what do you mean he took a wine? Why not an Uber or yeah, he took, Yeah, he took a cab <laughs> a cab vehicle from one into the... Yeah. Cabernet is a very popular, right? A Cabernet Sauvignon. Sauvignon, uh, yeah. exactly, right? So that's the idea behind it, is that like we're not going to take it too seriously, but I am going to tell you exactly what I did so that you can have fun and grow with this. And then when you learn say Solis, you can learn some of these things. You can go to different regions, different wines, and know what to ask for or know that you, what you do or don't like. That's what I hate when people come up like, oh, I don't like like sweet wines, yet they drink my sweetest wine. And it's like, <laughs> man, get over yourself. Like, just have fun and taste everything. People yes. come up, I don't drink white wines. Like, that's silly. How do you not drink an entire category of something if you enjoy wine? Like, yes. I find it, I think it really points out that people... Wine has always been like for others and kind of a class thing, and yes. and and so people want to show like, oh, I'm so sophisticated that I hate an entire category, and I thought that's that seems silly to me. But um, I think the wine industry ourselves are the ones that did it, so it's up to us to kind of fix it and maybe bring it back to a little more level level headed area. And that's what say Solis is right. So these are the more fun, and as they come over, this is priced at 23 bucks the red blend. Okay. So that's for like you know, if friends come over on Thursday night randomly, and you want to open it up, you're gonna do some pasta carnita asada or whatever. Like you can open up a 23 bottle everyone's gonna be happy and you're not breaking the bank right nice but if you want something uh, a little more for like a, a, a more special education we have next a Cabernet Sauvignon I did finally make a, a 100% okay. Cabernet Sauvignon it's called the Gran Reserva mm-hmm and it's what I think a cab should be. It has some dryness to it. Um, there's some tannins on the back end, but it is very much a California cab, a Lodi cab, where it's a lot of fruit on the front because people, uh-huh. I think, enjoy rich fruit tones um, as opposed to vegetal, which you might get on the coast. Sometimes cabs taste like bell pepper, serrano, all that. That's all common. 
except if you come from like a really warm area like Lodi, fruit forward, but a good structured and good solid tannins on the back end. So for folks that are looking for like a drier wine, that's the one that you drink out of my lineup. And what is ballpark this bottle? That was 35 retail. 35? Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting because you go from a certain price up to the higher ends, right? Yeah. And you have a whole portfolio. Yeah. A big part of it is that I want people at different times of their lives or whatever or experiences or the week mm-hmm. to have different options. I'm an, I like to entertain. So if friends come over, I first start with a rosé white. I have two options for depending people and then as we progress and then into dinner and then to dessert i'm bringing out different wines and that's why nice. i want to say solace to be like you can ha- have an entire evening hosted where say solace provided every experience you know and and pretty soon i'm gonna have a sparkling so i'm hoping to have that too right but then the very last wine is Soltierra, which is what I think the top wine should taste like. It's a very kind of integrated, mature. So where the, the cab is dry, this is meant to be even smoother. I take my cues from like an Añejo Tequila. You know when you take it, it actually has a darker color. It's smoother. It's fatter. It doesn't necessarily have to be harsher. It actually is better. And, and I think it's more well-made when it's less harsh. So this is a, a very kind of viscous, uh, full-bodied red that doesn't have a lot of dryness to it. It's Cab Petit Syrah. Petit Verdot and Merlot. And if you know those grapes, you know that some of those grapes can be very tannicky. So that's why it took me 26 months of aging on brand new oak wow. for that oxygen integration. A lot of work goes soft. into this 100%. one. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This is the big dog. That's the big dog. This is for my wife. If yeah. she's listening, honey, I got a bottle for you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Paul, you ain't taking this yeah. one, Paul. All right, Paul, this is mine. All I want to know is when do we start drinking? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, this is a family show, Paul. I don't know if the chamber allows us to start drinking. Come on. Come <laughs> Look on. At Paul over here wants to start like chugging, you know? Full disclosure, we haven't had anything. We talked about it a lot, though. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a question, though, because I'm, I hate to admit it, I'm kind of knowledgeable about wine. A little bit, a little dangerous here. My wife worked uh-huh. at a winery. I had a restaurant for a number of years. And so, there are so many regions in California. They all have a different taste because the terroir, the dirt, the soil brings out something different in every wine. Hard to believe, but the wines you're talking about, Lodi, Inland tastes different than the wines that are grown. Paul, Paul, the where's the question, Paul? I'm just showing off. Here. I'm just showing off. He's I just know trying to show off. He knows wine. Well done. He's like, you know, he's like Mr. Wonderful on the Shark Tank. We're gonna have to come <laughs> back and finish that conversation. Yes, yes. So the question is, where do you get your wines from? Where, where do you get? Because you're not growing the grapes. You're, you're, right. you're buying them from someplace. So where do you source them all different places, or do you have a certain style, certain region you buy your wines from? So I cut my teeth in winemaking, and I've spent 10, 12 years working at a family-owned winery called Clinkerbrick. Shout out to Clinkerbrick and Lodi. Hey, shout out to them. Amazing family, nice. uh, big winery. They're everywhere. Uh, I, I can't say enough good things about them. So that's where I cut my teeth. And so I make all Lodi fruit. I mean, all wine from Lodi fruit. So okay. if you go along the 99 corridor, you hit Macomi River, which is Lodi proper. There are seven sub-appellations. One of them is called Macomi River, mm. and that's where I source all my fruit from. Those are farmers that I've been working with for 10 years. Hey, that I'm like, shout out yeah. to all those hardworking farmers, too. That's right. That's right. right? Shout out to them. Because where did not, you go, John, to school? Well, you went to somewhere up in the north there, um, Cal State. What? To Chico? Oh, Chico. Chico. I went up to Chico State, but a lot of our friends are from Modesto and Stockton. In fact, John yeah. Amador, chairman of our board, former chairman of our board, he's always in that area. So I know that that whole Bakersfield up in that area is like... A lot of farm farmland, right? Yeah, a lot yeah. Of farm work. And then Lodi is 45 minutes south of Sacramento, so it's a huge stretch of land, and we're on the northern tip of it. Okay. And so we grow uh, grapes there, and I, I make all my wines from there. So yeah, shout out to the farmers and what we call now vineyard stewards, which is all the people that you see out there that are working their ass off. That, Hard work. And, and that area, as I understand it, is more reds. 
right? Uh, low dye and up in the, up in the you, you, you foothills would, and stuff. I thought that's they grow mostly reds. You there. would think so, but actually, um, it's, like it's, Zinfandels and stuff. It makes everything. They, we make everything. There's Chardonnay. There's a, a lot of Chardonnay. There's a lot of grapes up there. Lodi is known for Zinfandels, but right. there's about seven different individual Albarinos that are being made right now. Um, there's a bunch of amazing white wines. So yeah, it's a versatile area. Most, especially warm, you, you can kind of grow everything. I don't like Pinots out of warm areas, really, but um, it's a versatile area. So I wanted to make a versatile wine list from there, right? So currently we're all from Lodi. And then as I grow, I want to maybe make it available to folks. A big part of Say Solis is bringing wine to the masses that necessarily can't really take a wine weekend. No, not everybody can afford to go and take a weekend in Santa Barbara. It's amazing, mm-hmm. but there's a bunch of people that I've been pouring for in like East LA and different areas into like Downey, Whittier that are like, man, we're curious about this, but like, you know, we can't go do that. I'm like, cool, I'm going to bring it to you. So that's what I'm doing. And then the so, next stage. So real quick, he said, I'm going to bring it to you. That's important. What does that mean? Does that mean that you can go to families' homes and do like like a wine tasting there or something? That's what I've been doing. That's yes. a big part of it is that So like, people know, like, hey, yeah. they can reach out to you, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, I, I live in San Gabriel now, but I'm in uh, Orange County a lot and San Diego County. So in those whole areas, if you're interested in hosting a, a wine tasting, uh, I can make it very simple. I basically, my basic like packages twenty dollars per person i show up we pour and everybody wants to take some wine home can take some wine home nice. and uh we have a good time i can make it very relaxed i can make it pretty formal and be vers- versatile that way so and the one thing that's important about that is what i learned along the way the first having restaurants and trying to taste this stuff because i knew nothing about it and then uh my wife worked in a winery we go back and do events and stuff through the years we've learned more about this it is a snobby, snooty kind of world. How do you hold it? How do you drink it? How do you sniff it? How do you pronounce it? Hey, 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 Paul, us pressure. Latinos are not snobby like that. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, what, at the end of the day, it. this is just wine, baby. Yeah. You know, the, you go to Europe and the, the kids are drinking wine and stuff. Spain and Portugal and Italy and France and stuff. This is an everyday thing. It doesn't have to have that kind of intimidation. Well, but I think to your point, Paul, I love that Chris is saying, I want to bring this to the Latino community, Absolutely. to the Hispanic community, right? Everybody. Because let's be real. I never realized this until my son, you know, we live in Irvine, and his kids, his friends are like, man, you guys have a barbecue every weekend. You know, we have a barbecue once every three months, yeah, you know? Yeah. And you don't realize as a Latino that we do party a lot. Yeah, we, yeah. we have barbecues. We have gatherings. We're, we're very family-oriented. Yeah. And to think that wine wasn't for many years maybe incorporated in those gatherings until more recently right because like you said a lot of it is part of getting educated on the different levels right the the sweeter the drier the bolder right sure. a, a lot of it is learning like you're saying so you're doing a lot of great service in the community by educating the community about wines yeah we're having fun because wine has been so like eurocentric for so long that mm-hmm. like oh well like what fine pate does it go with I'm like what mm-hmm. mexicano do you know that eats pate you know like um, <laughs> I, I don't know. eat pate yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. but I like what you said earlier like yeah. you said um, taco de carne asada yeah, right? yeah so that's the thing is like telling people look man uh, when you pair wines with foods for the most part you're playing with how like acids interact with tannins interact, interact with like fat and, mm-hmm. and uh, salts and so that exists in all of our food and right and if Mexican cuisine can be celebrated worldwide as like mm-hmm. amazing cuisine then of course we can pair wine with it right does that mean every wine goes with every food no personally I like spicy food so it doesn't lend itself always to wine but like if we just take it back to a basic level things that we eat um, can I find a wine that goes well with a, like, your caldito de albondiga 100% man but, that sounds good caldito yeah, yeah. de albondiga <laughs> but people there, there's a part of the industry that makes you think like well that's that's for common people that you know and I think that's cool for people if you want 
want to be exclusive. I want to be inclusive. Of course. And I want to be inclusive of our experiences and our cuisine. And so we do have fun. Uh, we've done something where we had like a red blend and we had a different, a bunch of different people to make different mole tacos Ooh. to see whose best mole recipe with, tacos with this red. Tacos de mole with yeah. a nice bottle of wine. Yeah, man. And so people are probably listening to this and like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And we get it. And But has it been implemented world like in general? No, I'm having a lot of trouble going to Mexican restaurants Um even here in Southern California where they're like, well, we don't pour wine. Our people don't drink wine. I'm like, that might be true, but we're not incapable of it. So are you willing to put in some work? And I'll put in work. And I'm having some trouble there. Well, if you don't present it, if you don't provide the education, then people are never... I, I know that I personally, years ago, I think you know, years ago, years ago, I worked in the wine industry part-time in the summer as a side job. And that's... I didn't know anything about wine, which was good because... If you work in it, you can't be drinking it. Yeah. I mean, you got to be out there selling it, right? Yeah. And um, and I had to learn a lot about it, and it took me a long time. But I started off with like, I remember drinking um, Gewurztraminer, which was Gewurztraminer. Yes. Gewurztraminer. Yeah, it's a German wine, right? And it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, this is delicious. Most I, people start with the sweeter wines, yeah, and then they get to the drier wines, exactly. or the heavier wines, the red it, wines, it, and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And so that's kind of where I learned it, right? And so. If I don't ever open that bottle, maybe I never learn it, and then I never bring it home. And then now my sister loves it, my my wife loves wine, you know, our family loves having wine constantly around the family. But it goes from one person to another, right? It has. Now I have family, people in my family, that was the first one to kind of bring it. Mm-hmm. I loved making wine before I loved enjoying it, like drinking it. But like for the most part, now people are buying me some wines in the family. They're sharing experiences. They're going wine tasting without me, which I hate, actually. Um, <laughs> family. But, uh, you know. Shout out to the family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I mean, what, what you're hitting on is that like, I think Latinos are very much an open book when it comes to wines. And I'm having a lot of fun working with people that have no preconceived notions. They're just like, oh, well, you seem like you're going to be cool with me asking questions. So let's have fun with it. That's a and great point. They don't have wow. history that have told them this is what wine has to be or enjoyed this way. They're like, I don't know, man. You show me. You well, tell to me. Paul's point, they're not like the snobby wine right? 100%. drinker that's yeah, going to yeah. be like, well, just enjoy it. Just try. People are coming yes. to the wineries and they're like, I don't know what to, what call it or what's it. Don't, doesn't matter. Yeah. Do you like it? I don't know how to drink it. I don't hold it. Hey, we can show you some of this stuff, but just try it, 100%. and you'll find what you like. And and in this wide world of wine, there there's there's something for everybody. Well, it's I love an everyday that, thing. I love again. I personally love this bottle because it says Sol, Tierra. Yeah. Sol y Tierra. Yeah. So the most important thing in winemaking, Sol y Tierra, right? Where did Sun you come up with that name for this bottle? You know, it just hit me. I was just really? sitting there thinking about stuff. And that is such a cool name. Yeah. Thank you, man. I I I, I like. I enjoy this part of it. Um, I, I definitely had some professional help, a friend of mine that helped me turn this into labels, someone that I knew already. And so, um, but these are ideas that I kick out. And I, I think I have an eye and an ear for things. I'm not necessarily a super creative person, but I have an eye for what I like. And I think other people are going to like. So Soltiera, that label is beautiful. I couldn't produce it to save my life, but I knew kind of how to get it there and who to go find it to do it, right? I know, I know wine. Everything else is, is I've been teaming up with people. So how do they go find your wines? Are they available in stock, in stores, in restaurants? Hey, hey Paul, Paul, I'm, yeah. I'm the one doing the interview. I want to go get hey, some here. Paul, hey, Paul, Paul, Paul wants to take the wine. That's hey, Paul, what wants. the wine. I'm leaving these with you, Paul. Don't worry. <laughs> no, 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 not this one. Okay, this is for Ruben Frank. For, for, for the president. five. All 
Hey, I got a whole other set for you. I love it. We got two sets of these. You know, the most immediate area, you know, I think it's important just to let no people where you're at. So I have www.saysolas.com, the number six. And spell that for everybody. 6-S-O-L-E-S.com. They can go buy wine there. Yeah, the number six, S-O-L-E-S.com. So they order it, then you ship it out to them? Yeah, that's the most immediate way right now. Um, I have events. Follow me on 6-Soles-Vino, 6-S-O-L-E-S-V-I-N-O on Instagram. In English or in, in Spanish, six? You're saying because it's the number six. So it's S I X or is it S E I X? It's the number six. No, it's the number oh, six. Uh, numbers. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. I was yep. missing that. Number so, six, Soles. Soles? How do you say it? Yep. Yeah. Vino on my Instagram. Soles is sons, just yeah. so you know, Paul. Yeah. And yeah. sorry, I mean, this is how it is when you're using like yeah. different languages. It's always going to be kind of cumbersome, but the idea is that, and then if you want to make a more immediate impact, um, um, High Times in Costa Mesa, Great as my place. Cabernet, they gave me the first place. And I think if it goes well, they have a couple ideas of others. And it's hard. It's such a sea of beautiful wines there. And I'm tucked in the back in the Cabernet section that, you know, if nobody stumbles upon me, they may find that, like, I'm not a brand worth having there, right? Yes. Even though, you know, because they were business. And so if anybody. <laughs> Thousands of wines there. It's yeah. an incredible yeah. place. Yeah. Multi layers of wine and booze and everything. It's, it's, oh yeah, it's a interesting. How, interesting how Paul knows about that. Oh, I man. know all about that stuff. <laughs> I saw him as a customer of the month. Ten Paul Roberts, yeah, we need right. you. To, Paul Roberts, we need you to go to that yeah. Costa Mesa place yeah. and buy just, it. I was just there a couple days ago. Yeah, bought something. And if you have other places <laughs> that you enjoy um, having wine, let them know that you're interested in this brand. I'm growing, and then the growth can be great and hard sometimes because, like, I'm a, a newer brand, and some people are very enthusiastic. Damn, you're Latino. You're putting work and yes. you have a great product some people are like well hey man you're a brand that nobody knows and i can't really take a chance i got i got to sell wine so you know let people know um that you like it that you want to try it but say so i'm available online and i ship to you and if i'm in the area i drop it out to your home myself yes and 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 he has by the way at my home i mean he literally comes out and i'll buy a case of wine because we're having a family party or something or a fundraiser and so that is, I mean, you talk about VIP service, right? Yeah, and I I'll mean, deliver even one bottle, man, whatever it is. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, they everything. can't do one bottle. They got to do at least, yeah, you know, let's, let's say maybe half a case or something, six <laughs> well, bottles. Hey, once again, I mean, I know we're playing, but like the idea is that I know. when I want to make it available to people that like me, yes. a case at a time is out of our budget for a lot know, of us. You know? I know, and I know. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. If you can. But three, let's say three bottles. All right, or for right? sure, for sure, for at sure. At least three yeah. bottles. Make it worth your time. Your, your, yeah. your, the gas is expensive. Come sure. on, folks. Make that consideration. Yes, yes. But, but if you buy one, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> He's not, but if you buy one, I'll take it. Yes, definitely reach out, okay, because Chris is one of our local businesses. I don't like to say small businesses because you're growing. I've seen the brand out there in our events, at our fundraisers. We have to support those that are supporting us especially when they're supporting the community and our fundraisers so definitely go to again his instagram is say soles on instagram say right? soles vino yeah yeah say are, soles we, are we running vino. low on time yes yeah. i just want to let people know that like i'm working on opening up a tasting room there's a possibility in santana i've talked to planning I've a talked wine to a tasting ABC. room yeah i've talked to abc yeah. i can't say where because it's a already a private business and i'm gonna try to sublease but if it works out i'm gonna have an amazing space in santana where people in northern orange county can come and find their own wine brand say soles nor orange County's wine brand. I know? won't say the name, but is this the place we had an event there recently? Yeah, and I'm, I'm okay. at the end of like trying to like do the final pitch and then, you know, but the regulatory agencies that are involved, they're on board. So, I mean, that's a big deal. And if you have a business and you're listening and you would like this brand and this product at your restaurant or at your business or your bar or whatever it may be, please reach out to Chris or reach out to us or leave a comment here on our post, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Facebook. Because again, every bit counts, guys. You know, founded by a Hispanic Latino, comes from those roots. 
we have to support these brands in our community. I know we're short on time here, right, Paul? Yes. It's, it's been fun. Normally, Paul's giving me the stinky eye, but not today. I, not today. He's I being got... very friendly with, with uh, Chris here. You I want to be in his good graces, so when he leaves a bottle behind her. <laughs> when he leaves oh, a bottle. Hey, how much for 30 more minutes? I got, I got some wine in the car. <laughs> hey, Paul's like, don't push your luck. Don't push your luck. <laughs> don't push your luck. Well, listen, Chris, thank you for coming out. Wine, you see, guys, wine always makes anything and everything fun. Yeah, true. And, uh, true. We, right? So we want to. It made th- me more of an interesting person. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Shout out to your parents yep. for all the thank that you, they 100%. implemented in you, hard work. I mean, I see you out there, and, and it goes a lot to our roots, right? Who our parents are. Viva Michoacan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, to all your parents. If they watch this show, gracias por su hijo. Se tan trabajador acá. My, my daughter's from Michoacan. That's right. That's right. My daughter's adopted from Michoacan. That's right. He's got awesome, man. family member from Michoacano. Three Michoacanos in here, man. <laughs> right. Three Michoacanos in here. Not from Michigan, Michoacan. But I am from Michigan. Too. <laughs> <laughs> that is Paul is from Michigan. But listen, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, go support Say Soles. Chris uh, Rivera, who is the owner, founder, winemaker of Say Soles. Please go to his Instagram. Go to his Facebook. We'll tag him here. Chris, thank you so much for being here. It's been a lot of fun, brother. And we're ready to have some fun with this wine, guys. So we got to go. Take it away, Paul. (laughs) Well, there you have it. One more reason to tune in to the party we call Meet Our Community. Each and every week, we bring in the most interesting members of the Hispanic business community here in Orange County to sample, to taste, to hear about what they're doing and how we can get involved. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.